You need to make at least you have to have the ability to throw the ball down 10 yards at a time. You have to extend plays because you are going against a defense who has completely shut down every rushing team that has ever played. Welcome to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation with your hosts, Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Jamie Williams. FCS fans nation up way, way too close near the cold Northern Canadian border sits two States, which should be one split at the border back in the day by beautiful towering rocks to know which Dakota territory you are in. Well, Texas this weekend will be the home of the new Mega Dakota because the SDSU Jackrabbits, the North Dakota State Bison are heading down I-29. And ladies and gentlemen, Frisco, 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 you are tuning in to the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Tonight, a duo, Mr. Kyler Neal, myself, Matthew Frazee, the OGs. Jeez, we just need Wyatt and Lawrence and right two others in here. And a few dogs. That's yeah. yeah. Barking in the dock background, a few yep. screen doors slamming. Cell phones. That's it. Oh yeah. We've improved greatly here in season six. And uh thank you so much for listening and joining us this morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you are. We're a little late on this episode as real life has affected us. Real life taking some impacts on Jamie Williams. Nothing negative, just really busy with the New Year's. He might be popping in at the end of the episode. If not, Kyler and I are here to break down the Frisco matchup that people have thought could be the matchup for a long, long time. And Kyler, it's finally the Dakota marker, if you will, down in Frisco. You've been excited about this, I think, more than I have been. And are are you ready for it, dude? I'm trying to experience it. Yeah. Um, I think ever since the, you know, that original game when you guys played in the regular season has kind of been when I've said, I think it's going to be a a Dakota marker ever since Um, down here in Frisco. If if SDSU lost and then they had to go on the road, I didn't have as much faith in them that they'd maybe get through some of the other, you know, top tier teams traveling. But once they beat you guys and the rest of the Valley was kind of a little bit down, I went smooth sailing. They're going to win it out. They're going to get the one seed. No one's beating them in Brookings this year. Uh, Yeah. I'm pretty excited to go see this Dakota marker. See if it's, how see if it's if the hype is if everything lives up to the hype. I mean, you got these giant men um, that drink milk for <laughs> like midnight. I mean, I I feel like they they chase their shots with milk. Um, that's those South Dakota boys. It, it makes no sense how big all these Dakota people are. Uh, so I, I'm gonna feel a little bit like a like a dwarf, but it is fine. It'll be a good time. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's going to be great. We'll have some extra details at the end of this episode on what our plans may be for Frisco, tailgate, and such. Uh, but we do have some amazing fan questions, Kyler, as we always do. And uh, these folks are really excited, whether they are Bison and Jackrabbit fans or not, to see this matchup. So since it's a big matchup, let's start with the Big Seven. The top seven FCS topics of the week. This is the Big Seven. Mr. Neal, we start with one of our longtime fans, Mr. Cody Wurlinger, 
And um, this is just where you got to start. This whole slate yeah. of the Big Seven, of course, is around the national championship. But Mr. Cody Warlinger asks, the game will be won in the trenches. Which team has the advantage, if any? Also, if this game comes down to special teams, a field goal perhaps, who has the advantage there? So let me just start with the special teams thing. I just looked up the statistics. I knew both teams were solid in the kicking game. I knew they each had a kicker that was either junior or senior. They both, in fact, happen to be juniors. And when you look at South Dakota State's kicker, you're looking at Hunter Dustman. And as a junior, he's kicked 14 to 17, uh, and he has 24 field goal attempts. So, uh, or the extra points. So 14 to 17, not too bad. And then Griffin Crosa, who is the smallest human you will ever see step onto a collegiate football uh, field in terms of frame. Like, just wait till you see him. Okay, I, is, I was like, do you remember our quarterback this year? He's 5'9". Oh, wait till you see Griffin <laughs> Crosa. It's amazing. He has the most badass sleeve tattoos you'll ever see. It looks like he's coming out like he was a sniper in the Marine Corps. Nice. But lost all the weight like yeah. a few years after his service. Uh, but Griffin Grossa is 10 of 11 on the season, long long of 47. So in the kicking department, Cody, you are probably looking at kickers, if they're anywhere from that 25 to 35 range or even closer, you should feel pretty comfortable that these guys are going to make a field goal. So I don't know if somebody has a particular edge because he had a few more field goals in South Dakota State, but it's going to be pretty close. Mr. Neal, I'm curious your perspective of the trenches this year yeah. as you have uh, – spoken praises and had some negatives on both sides of the ball. What do you think when these two line up? I mean, it, it's weird talking about this year because I, I think I know how most of the conversations are going to go in this, this episode. And, and I think it's going to be a lot of praising SDSU for their physicality, for their size, for their trench work. You know, that, that offensive and defensive line is pretty impressive where if you ask me any other year, NDSU has the advantage. They're going to be able to still bully someone, um, but they have struggled with containing some of the run. I mean, we did see um, Incarnate Word, who let's not downplay their line play. I think Incarnate Word's line play was actually severely underrated from what most people were thinking. Um, but I mean, we saw NDSU struggle a little bit, still prevailed, still won. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I have to go with the edges to. At South Dakota State, I, I don't know the sizes, um, but I mean, we've been talking about like Montana State being super undersized all year, and you could see it. You know, they, they ran through everyone until they finally played that giant line where that's where it showcased they were undersized. SDSU that's, was huge. Yeah. And and I mean, I would say it's, this is probably the more equal um, advantage about, about the game. I don't think any of these lines are going to break on either side. But if I had to just pick one on who I would trust a little bit more, I think I got to go with South Dakota State. Their, their defensive line is by far the best in the FCS this year, in my opinion. They contain everyone. Um, you really have to throw it over them to really get down the field. And then offensively, I mean, I think both both teams protect their quarterback pretty well. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my, my curiosities really come into. I'm going to just keep referencing back to that Fargo game because you had a tale of two halves yeah and then a weird pre-halftime moment for like two minutes yeah but the tale of two halves tells you exactly how both fan bases think they're gonna win right and i was so interested it was so interesting in that first half of that football game me texting with thumper and the sdsu guys being like you guys should block spencer wagey you should stop our d tackles from gutting you in the middle 
NDSU's defensive line swarmed South Dakota State in that first half in the Dome. And SDSU had some mental errors, and they were having some offsides calls, and it's mm -hmm. tough in the Dome. Um, but that was a clear – it looked like a clear mismatch, and then it just stopped. Yeah, then, then the Zayev was complete optic, complete shutdown. Yeah. You couldn't move the ball. You no. couldn't stop anything. It was impressive. But to your point as well, when it comes to the trenches, you have to adapt on each side. Yeah. Where North Dakota State, they're more vulnerable in that run game. They've improved, and they might have some health with both Mozart twins uh, here in Frisco. But SDSU was still able to gut the middle of them a little bit and enough to get uh, points back on the boarding and back right. into the game. Where North Dakota State, on the flip side, once SDSU was able to key in that second half and just get to start playing their style of defensive ball, NDSU didn't move the ball right. and couldn't move the ball. Yeah. So you would say the edge probably has to go to the Jackrabbits because you could see some vulnerability in the middle for NDSU. Um, but with the growing depth, over the whole season, maybe some health, maybe it looks a little different. So, and I don't even know if we can really just say, yeah, that's just uh, South Dakota State's lines being slightly better. That to me, when the halves are that different, I do think that that's kind of the coaching adjustments. Um, there were some things that you know, Stiggs all over there saying, Hey, we need to do this a little bit better, and I think we can shut them down. And that's those second half adjustments. I mean, we were you were just talking about it, it was a completely night and day. First mm -hmm. half from the second half. Um, and I think, yeah, the coaching plays more into that part over maybe the lines because I do think they're evenly balanced. I mean, that was a game. NDSU could have won. It was a game. South Dakota State could win. This is a very balanced, even match team between two rivals. And throughout the last 10 plus years for North Dakota State and maybe the last five years for South Dakota State, they've relied heavily on the line play. I mean, these trenches are outside of James Madison that we've seen in the last few years. Mm -hmm. These are the best lines that we have seen um, at least the last five plus from both teams. And I, I, I don't think there's a clear cut third. And I think third is pretty far behind. Yeah, it's uh, it was, I mean, Montana state was praised obviously for the run game and their ability to control the line of scrimmage. And just like you said, man, you could see it on the TV. You could see the size difference. You were like, wow, this is not the same thing. And we all. said they were going to be undersized, but they were figuring out ways to make it happen. Right. And then when you see a, a, a defense that's coached extremely well, plus they have that size and physicality, you're like, oh, yeah, this, this isn't going to be pretty. And that's why I picked South Dakota State in that matchup. I mean, oh, I don't see it. Yep. Well, and uh, well picked the game, of course, as I was way off on that one. Um, there's going to be some great play by individual players as well down in Frisco, of course. Uh, Eric Larson has a question for us, Kyler. Wants to know, give me one X factor that comes out of this game, an MVP of the game that is not on many people's lists. Um, Eric, I took some time to really think about this question, and I thought of two individuals, and I wanted to start with South Dakota State's um, backup running back, I guess you could say. They do kind of a rotation, but it's kind of insulting at this point of the season, in my opinion, to say that South Dakota State is the Isaiah Davis show in the backfield because Pierre Strong's gone, so people... Right who haven't paid a lot of attention. The guy who really, and honestly, he popped on the scene really a lot when it, against North Dakota State is Amar Johnson. Um, this is a sophomore running back. He's number three, so if you see him zipping around the field, seems like a really quick, talented player. Um, scored his first touchdown on North Dakota State and ran for 89 yards on 12 carries. Then had a touchdown the next three games. So touchdown, 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 touchdown. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, this is rotating with Isaiah Davis, who's taking the bulk of the carries. 
But in the playoffs, he's had touchdowns in two of the last three games, went for 69 yards against Montana State in a game that was a big blowout. So this is a guy that I would say is um, if SDSU wins and they end up similar to beating NDSU early in the season and they have three rushing touchdowns on the ground, uh, one of them or maybe two could have been set up by Amar Johnson breaking a big run. He is shifty. He's quick through the lines. Um, so I think that could be one of your MVP X factors. Not an MVP, but he's going to be an X factor here. I, I'm not predicting him to win the MVP. And then on NDSU side of the ball, you need a guy who would have been stepping up throughout the season on that defensive line. And that's a redshirt freshman. It's a defense, defensive tackle. Number 64, you would think it's an old lineman when you see him. But uh, Jackson Dutton Heifer from Mandan High School. This guy has just been stepping up. He's been big as the Mozart twin when we lost Will uh, went out. Uh, Will or Eli. Sorry, I always get them mixed up because they're the same. Um, Jackson has played really, really well in that defensive line. He's going to be part of that depth that's going to have to contain that interior run for South Dakota State if NDSU is going to come away and win. So those are two guys I think that kind of rose throughout the season and are big X factors in this matchup. Defensive line versus running back. Right. So you have some names out there, Kyler, when you look across these rosters. Well, I'm going to play this question a little different. So these are the two players that need to basically become X factors in this game. They are the the players that need to take it over if their team has a shot to win. So, I mean, you've already mentioned Isaiah Davis. I mean, everyone in the country knows who Isaiah Davis is. Um, This is the first year, at least in the title run era of NDSU, where their run defense has been suspect multiple times in the year. So, I mean, normally they have a top three to five statistical speaking run defense, and it shows when they play the best teams too. They don't. I mean, this this is that first year where they have seen some issues on the defensive line. They have given up big runs. So I think Isaiah Davis really needs to kind of get big chop plays, uh, maybe on those first downs. If you can get four or five yards every first down or something like that, it's going to set up. Uh, for Gronowski to kind of open up the playbook and be a little more versatile, which is going to be amazing for SDSU. So I think Isaiah Davis really needs to push through that defensive line. He needs to be the X factor for SDSU, and he has kind of been one of the X factors all year. Now, on the flip side, this player on North Dakota State, he's been an X factor in his career. He has had some glimpses of greatness even this year, but it seems like everyone is saying this is the worst quarterback known to man. And it is just not true. He had a really bad game last week. Um, He maybe had two really bad games all season. Most of it's been average to a game manager, but it hasn't looked like the quarterbacks of the past NDSU, but, but Miller. So this Miller, I don't think can have another one completion type of game to beat South Dakota state. Uh, This is one of those times where he needs to actually be the quarterback that we've seen throughout all of the years of NDSU. He doesn't need to be as physically talented as Trey Lance. He doesn't need to be as physically talented as Carson Wentz, but he needs to be a little bit more of a game manager like Brock Jensen. He needs to actually have a little bit of Easton stick in him where, you know, you don't need to take over the game completely, but you need to be smart. You need to make, at least you have to have the ability to throw the ball down 10 yards at a time. You have to extend plays because you are going against a defense who has completely shut down every rushing team that has ever played. We saw North Dakota State play him in the earlier season with Lipke. Shut him down pretty much, right? (laughs) I mean, it it was a really tough defensive line to go against. So this is one of those things. You just can't rely on NDSU's rushing attack like what we've seen throughout all of these last 12 years. This is something where Miller has to 
actually make the plays happen. He has to put the ball in his hand. You have to extend the field. You need to develop that playbook. Um, so that is who is going to be, if you want to win, that has to be the X factor of the game. Yeah, and with Cam Miller, it's, of course, the incarnate word game, terrible I, performance. Throw it away. Awful performance, right? I mean, it was so bad. But, I mean, like I just said, he's maybe had, that was the worst performance I've ever seen. Um, but he's maybe had, like, two bad passing games. The rest are just, eh, to, yeah, it was a pretty solid game. Like, it wasn't anything that you're you're saying he is the worst quarterback known to man, like what everyone is saying online last week uh, or when they played incarnate word a few weeks back. Right. But, yeah. And when you look at Cam Miller in his last two matchups as a starter in the spring, he split with split with Quincy Patterson. But yeah. as a starter in 2021, when they played in November, the fall season, uh, he was 15 to 23 against SDSU, 218 mm-hmm. passing yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Solid. And then when he played against them this year, uh, 17 for 22, 227 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And he I think ran the ball pe- fairly well. Yeah, ran the ball okay. I think where people kind of give him uh, a lot of ding comparison to others is like NDSU could have won that game against SDSU if they gotten into field goal range with like two minutes left, right? Yeah. And they're like, is Miller going to get that team down the field? And I think that's where people go, right. no, I'm not concerned or worried about it. Where with Wentz and Lance and others, they were like, oh boy, okay. Here comes yeah, the pressure time. So sure. that's a, it's a great picks, man. Um, speaking of picks, I shouldn't say picks because you're not passing the ball much maybe in this right. game. Kevin Madoff wants to know, um, can South Dakota State's defense perform as well against the run as it did versus Malat and Montana State? So this one is interesting. Kyler, what does your gut tell you about uh, is NDSU going to run better or worse? They were under 150 yards last time they played. What do you think in this Frisco matchup? I, I'm starting to get some weird sense, just like I did with James Madison, NDSU. It was 2019. And I said with that, everyone was talking about the defenses. It was so much about the defense. And I thought yeah. to myself, starting to think the offenses might just show up more than people realize. Right. What What do you think? Well, I definitely don't think SDSU's, SDSU's defense is going to look the exact same way that they did against Montana State. The main reason why I say this is I still think even though SDSU's passing offense has looked or NDSU's passing offenses look horrendous for parts of the year. They are still a much more dynamic offensive system than Montana state in actually throwing the ball. Um, Montana state, if you can shut down their run, they're not throwing the ball, especially in those weather elements. So SDSU just said, all right, we're going to blow through your line and try and run to the outside on us. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to throw very well. And that's kind of what happened. (laughs) So, I mean, surprisingly Tommy threw way better than what they're running because they shut down the run completely. Um, now I do think Montana state is a little bit this year because of how banged up NDSU is a little bit better of a rushing offense, but they don't have the lines like NDSU does. So I, I do think SDSU by far has the best run defense. I think NDSU is actually going to run a little bit better on South Dakota state than Montana state did. Um, because hopefully Cam Miller can actually develop some plays, open up those run lanes where again, SDSU just said, try and beat us throwing the ball. Cause we're just going to continue to stop the run every single time. Cause we don't have faith that you can beat us throwing the ball where I think they are a little bit more nervous about NDSU and their play style and their play calling going, listen, if we shut down the run, you, you may still be able to throw it on us. Uh, you may be at least able to drive down the field. And I think they're more afraid of your defense too if that makes sense for sure. Um, yep. So, Absolutely. And I think, I think that uh, when it comes to North Dakota state, 
that the coaching with NDSU, they are going to use opportunistic moments when they get their mismatches with their smoke and mirrors motions right. to allow Cam Miller to pop a ball right into a 15-yard window where the wideout is wide open. Now, it, it doesn't happen consistently, but they're very opportunistic with their yeah. passing game. And I think Montana State, and boy, that game just didn't start well from the beginning. No, it, I, it was it was really bad right off the bat. And you're looking at the stats here if you're looking on YouTube. I mean, Montana State rushed for a total. Did they even get 50 yards if I'm doing quick math? They they barely, they just got yeah. like 51, 52 yards, yeah. maybe. I mean, that's, there's no way North Dakota State's going to be held to, in my opinion, under 100 rushing yards. Nope, and, I don't uh, think so. No. Well, I think Miller alone is probably going to have a big run that breaks out for, you know, 15, 20 yards on yep. any given play. Um, but again, I, I do, I do think Mont or North Dakota State just has a much better offensive line that is actually bigger and matches up better with South Dakota State than Montana State does. Um, I mean, South Dakota State, again, was the best rush defense all year. And they were playing a hybrid of a triple option team. Not mm -hmm. true triple option. It's a it's not an option truly. That it's not a truly. option team that throws the ball quite a bit more. Yep. But again, if you're playing against the number one rushing defense, that triple option typically isn't going to work very well. So no, uh, <laughs> it you felt got, you got to be a little more dynamic in your play calling. It felt like a triple option game. It did. It yeah. felt like a triple option team going up against a true pro style offense and defense. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty interesting to see, but it's going to be interesting to see how those lines match up again. Do you in have, I didn't even look up the talk about, do you have like a number on what you think NDSU rushes for? Um, I think whether NDSU wins or loses, I think they're going to go for roughly about what they did in Fargo. So that I think about 150 somewhere, but yeah, they were just under 150. So I'd say 160 rushing okay. yard range. Like, I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. So. I think it'll be closer to 120, 125 in that range. Yep. But they um, passed for 200 plus yards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, th I think that's the way you're going to have to try and beat South Dakota State because you got to open up that field. Absolutely. It'll be fun to see. Um, speaking of trying to beat South Dakota State, Mitch Fargan. Mitch, you are the star of the show tonight, man. You had some amazing questions. Your name will be brought up quite a bit. Uh, with North Dakota State getting healthy defensively and having built depth, what's the keys to stopping South Dakota State's offense? So we'll see. Uh, the depth has looked better for NDSU. A lot of youth has had to play, especially in that middle of the defensive line. Be interesting to see if they are back at full health, how much more of a strength that is. Yeah. But the key to stopping South Dakota State's offense is it's not much more different than NDSU overall. Now, NDSU, I think, is a much more effective passing offense, but you just have to not allow them to have a six-minute drive. You cannot allow them to have the easy four to five yard run that guts you right up the middle. Um, you're at South Dakota state with craft and their weapons on the outside. They're going to get their passing opportunities, but you can't have one that allows a receiver to break down the field for 35 yards. And then SDSU, when they're in that moment, they're not, not like North Dakota state. They don't, they don't go slowly get to the line. They will go quick and get up there and they'll run the next play for hand the ball off and they'll get four yards again. So you have to almost like adapt to their flow and just be able to throw them off a bit. NDSU did that really well in the first half. They've done it to the Jackrabbits in the past. They got pressure on Gronowski. They forced a few key, key mental errors. SDSU couldn't get into that rhythm. When you see that rhythm of that rabbit offense where it's pass and run, it is really sexy to watch. You're just like, oh, crap. Six-yard pass, seven-yard button hook, four-yard run, three-yard run, 10-yard pass. And you're just like, man, you, you don't know what's going to come next. So you have to 
The way they say North Dakota State's run has to be stopped. You have to stop the run. You have to kill the rhythm of the balance of the rabbits. And you really on that first and second down is going to be super, super key. Kyler, you watched that first game. You uh, We messaged about how NDSU was murdering them, and then it all changed. What makes you think NDSU could have a better shot, or what are the keys to them stopping these guys? The keys to them stopping them is injure them early. Uh, <laughs> you no, 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 please don't do that. Yeah, um, we can't we can't talk injuries for Frisco because we keep losing quarterbacks down there because of the yeah, damn turf. Um, I mean, I have a lot of faith when I've watched NDSU throughout this year. I have a lot of faith in their DBs. I have a lot of faith in their secondary. I don't have a lot of faith this year in their, you know, actual front seven, which is weird because they're still an elite front seven. It's just, it's night and day compared to what it used to be. Uh, I think normally the secondary was the weakness for the main part and the front seven was kind of the elite aspect of it. So the key, in my opinion, to try and even stop um, SDSU right now is that front seven needs to improve. You need to hit that line. You need to you know close every single gap and make Davis really struggle. If Davis is struggling... Well, I don't know because SDSU's offensive weapons are so good with the Yankee twins, with Kraft and Gronowski, who's been a stud. I but mean, it does a... have to flow. SDSU, it has opinion, to flow for sure. They're not going to start just passing because they can't run. They, they they do have a flow to themselves yeah. that could get thrown off, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think every team does in a sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really think the, but the you, key you, to this. Kyler, you kind of just yeah. said it there. You know, if, if you can make Isaiah's davis's day terrible the run game terrible then you force sd or you might you might make sdsu to have to go into the heart of your defense which is the secondary this year right so all right Right. now granowski now you got to face off against a very talented senior secondary and he was very effective granowski i speak high praises of him yeah but he didn't even throw a touchdown pass in the first matchup he was just an effective 16 of like 21 pass a perfect game manager 150 yards. Yep. And that's all you need to do to win. But could you force him to make the throws that people say we need to force Miller to do? For sure. And I do think Kronowski is a better quarterback right now than Cam Miller, but you could make that same argument. Both teams got to stop the run, right? Yeah. Got to stop the run. And I mean, do you have the stats off? Like Davis, he ran all over NDSU the, the first game, right? Wasn't it like yeah. 150 yards or close SDSU, to just by himself? It wasn't as brutal as most people remember, but I mean, they definitely ran in comparison. He was to definitely the State. best running back on the field that game. He for ran. Sure. Yep. Him and Amar Johnson ran all over NDSU. Combined, Amar Johnson ran 12 yards for 89 yards. That's a seven and a half average. And then Isaiah Davis, 14 carries for 114 yards, 8.1 okay. average. So not and as then, bad as like the 140, 150 that I thought that I remember, but okay. Nope. Gronowski actually carried the ball nine times for two yards. So, yeah. um, and I don't know. And if that's, that's, that's more sacks. just scrambling. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> trying to extend the play. Right. Uh, but yeah, I really do think NDSU, the good news is they have three weeks of prep. Who is prep better than NDSU this decade? Probably no one. Um, but yeah, you really got to get in Isaiah Davis's face. You really got to make the line start second guessing themselves. And yeah, Gronowski, like you just said, he's efficient. He's been a stud. He's been a gamer. But we haven't really seen him outside of maybe in the UNI game where he kind of looked a little bit suspect in some plays, right? Where he's trying to force some things uh, because maybe the run game isn't working or maybe the defense isn't doing what they're supposed to. Um, yeah, you got to make him a little bit uncomfortable. So, yeah, stuff that line. Try and stop the run if you can. And, if and you can. force him to throw against NDSU's real current strengths on the defense this year, which I do believe they have the best secondary in the FCS.
It is going to be a fun to watch. And um, sometimes people don't like defensive football, but we might see it here. And we just talked about defense. Why not keep it going? Zachary Carlton with a question here. Could this be the lowest scoring national championship since 2017? Don't mean that in a bad way. Just a great defenses and less than explosive offenses. Zachary Carlton wants to know. That was that James Madison 17 to 13 crazy finale all the way down to the end. Good thing Jamie's not here. He'd be throwing his trucker headset. Um, I'm getting the feeling things could score a little bit more. Or are you thinking we we saw 23 to 21 last time? Is that probably where we're going to be aiming? That's that'd be just yeah. under what Vegas thinks at 47 and a half. I think it's going to be in the 20s, 20s and 20s. Maybe at 27, 24, 27, 21, 24, maybe 17 worst case scenario. I think each one of these teams is going to find the end zone a few times. Um, definitely a defensive battle, but there's going to be opportunities for them to score. Even if it's just one big breakup play every few drives, that is kind of, you know, we've seen NDSU do from time to time. But um, yeah, I mean, 27, 24, I'm not going to say who, who I think is going to win. But, but I think it's going to be about similar to what we saw the first time. Yeah, I just think North. The, the thing with North Dakota State, South Dakota State is there's a few things I've seen on Twitter and social media where I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about or you're just way too biased. Number one is people are like, oh, man, just looking at this matchup, I, I think Jack's by 20. Okay, you, you, you just don't watch these two teams play each other then. Or if yeah. you say, uh, well, North Dakota State is just the fact that they've never lost there and they always win in the big moment is why they're going to win. Okay, well, that doesn't equate to the 14 could be a, could be 14 and 1 South Dakota State best team in the FCS Jackrabbits yeah. in 2022, now 23. Um that's not the same exact thing. So, when people talk about like these two defenses are just going to slam into each other and it's going to be really low scoring, I don't know if I buy that Zachary. I just think that the offenses are good enough and they know each other and can game plan around each other well enough to where one team's at least going to get to 20 and one team's going to be just right behind them. I will be mind blown if one of these teams wins by 10 or more points. And that would be considered a blowout in this matchup. Even when uh, Thumper, we said it on the mega live episode, he goes, even when we walked, they came to Brookings two years ago and we kicked their snot in and it was just a blowout. The final score was 27-17. And even yeah. when we killed Easton Stick and them in 2016 in Brookings and smashed them and it was terrible, it ended up being like 36-24. So I guess that's barely over 10 points. Yeah. But it's just not going to be the type of thing where it's a big blowout. And that goes way away from Zach's question. Lowest score in national championships since 2017. Um, I do not think so. I think you're going to at least get into the low 20s for one of these teams for sure. And, yeah, I uh, think both. Yeah, you wouldn't want to see the lowest scoring championship anyways, because that might some of these offensive players are pretty fun to watch. Tucker Kraft and Merrick Williams. Hey, watching defensive games is so boring. Hey, I mean, well, give me did you watch the playoffs this weekend? The FPS oh, ones? Give awesome. me that. That and, was awesome. And people are like, oh, their defenses are so bad. No, it's just they also have really good offenses. This happens. This is what I want to see. Who cares about defense? Just let's sling the ball, let's have a good time, let the best team win. Yep, absolutely. They're so entertaining. It would be interesting if you took NDSU's exact scenario here. Exact scenario. The roster and everything's exactly the same. Injuries, portal, all of it. And you just had Trey Lance and then Mark Gronowski on the other side. How much perspective would change oh, of this game in terms of um, not like, oh, NDSU will win now. Just the scoring, 
how many points will be in the game, how the game plan will go. I mean, it would just oh, I think it'd be huge because I, I just don't think Bison Nation and all of the other pundits have a lot of faith in Miller just because of literally the last game's performance. And it's, it's just been a different quarterback play that we've seen NDSU have in recent years. But again, he won a national cha- title. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not like he's a bum. <laughs> he, no. he can win a national title and he's been pretty damn effective for most of his career. Um, but yeah, I think that that incarnate word game is just haunting over everyone's betting. I mean, For I've sure. talked to so many people and they're like, oh, it's going to be SCSU by a hundred. Um, and maybe it's, they're also leaning too much into that Montana state game as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a fun game. I hope it's not a lot of three and outs. So I'll be so bored. I'll, I'll be drinking so much. I want to see something. It can't be worse than the Montana State NDSU game last year. You guys were by third. I was having a good time, but third quarter, our whole row was like, "Dude, this is." Stop. Just I, I didn't pay attention gross. to the game. I was uh, mocking. <laughs> I was mocking some Montana State people in front of me. You know, going, "This is why," because of course there was a linebacker playing quarterback. Yeah. And once he went in, I went, "Ooh, this isn't good." Um. Well, he's not a linebacker. He was benched because a linebacker took over the quarterback spot. With An Troy NFL Anderson. linebacker. <laughs> NFL linebacker. Now he's a fantastic linebacker, fantastic athlete. But once he stepped on the foot, I or field, I went, oh, now Montana State really has no shot to move this damn ball. Um. Yeah, yeah that that changed the whole. Perspective yeah, that was a boring that game, game too, for sure. Hopefully, it's exciting. Um. Speaking of excitement, it was exciting, uh, especially for the FCS and SDSU fans to watch NDSU <laughs> choke that game away early this year. Brandon Wolf says, after jumping out to a 21-7 lead at halftime in Fargo, did NDSU intentionally lose the game due to the weight of the rock and another FCS championship trophy breaking the case again? And then he writes, just a jack jab. So he's just jabbing. But the reason I put this in the Big 7 is not because, obviously, NDSU didn't intentionally lose. Yes, they did. And I'll tell you why. Because they want to get them when it matters? No, because they wanted to make it seem like SDSU figured out this amazing game plan on how to beat them. When in reality, it was NDSU who completely shut down the capabilities of their offense. That's all it was, and they stopped playing defense. So they're like, we want the Jackrabbits to have a lot of confidence. We know we're going to play them um, because we know it's not going to be regional. Five of the last six years, SDSU has been on the other side of the bracket anyway. The committee wants it to happen, so it's going to happen this year. So we want them to have the one seed to guarantee they don't have to go on the road and lose for because you, we know we're going to get to Frisco. Dude, for you folks not watching on YouTube, you yeah. just missed Kyler take off his jackrabbit hat, and he put on a little tinfoil hat, kind of like <laughs> in a cone shape. and uh, it's, it, it's that raccoon hat off of uh, yeah, the newer some, Dukes of Hazard. Just some conspiracy theory craziness coming from Mr. That's Neal. accurate. I got texts from insiders. He, he's Taco got Taco King has sent me some things. Yeah. Brian Thompson, the man. Um, Kyler, the reason, uh, despite your conspiracy hopes, um, the reason I included this question is because talk to me from your perspective of the mental psyche of these teams. You can say some simple yeah. things. The, the teams hate each other. They obviously know it's for all the marbles. But here's the reality is the Jackrabbits have beat NDSU three straight years. And before that, it was an Adam Cofield fourth and one touchdown run at the end of the game to beat SDSU barely. Yeah. The Rabbits have had the Bison's number. Well, so they had, they've never intentionally lost. But like, right. is it just going to be like the final crowning moment of SDSU? totally taking over this rivalry from playoffs regular season or do you think there's mental psyche that 
that helps NDSU. I think this mattered in 2017, James Madison. I think those NDSU players had such a, they, we lost in 2016. This is the team that took it away from us and we're coming here to take it back. I think that played a factor as James Madison made uncharacteristic mistakes and maybe mentally didn't prep and, and coach as well. Some James Madison fans were upset about. Could we see that on the other side here? Or does the mental psyche not matter? What are your thoughts? So the fun thing about this game is because in Frisco, I think most teams are already kind of mentally defeated by the time they get there. They may not want to admit it. They may not want to show it. But you're playing NDSU, the most powerful program in FCS history in Frisco that they have maintained their home base. I mean, you, you pull up, you see all of the tailgating rigs. It is NDSU's home down there. This SDSU team is not going to be psyched out. Um, but I also don't think NDSU is going to be psyched out because SDSU has won the last three times. Because like you have said multiple times, and I've said it, NDSU doesn't care about the regular season as much as <laughs> the postseason. They, they have always beat them when it matters. Now, I don't think SDSU has ever been as good as they are now. Yeah, they're, they're kind of been building into something better extremely now. special. The last five years, we've kind of seen them take a, a giant step forward. And now they are kind of that like Georgia to Alabama. Maybe we're seeing a handoff uh, live, which is kind of fun. But I don't, I don't think Psyche is going to play a factor on any of these teams besides their rivals. They don't like each other. NDSU wants to beat the piss out of them in Frisco. So then they can say, ha you still have never won anything. And SDSU wants to go, no, give us that damn torch. This is our time now. Um, but I don't think it's any other mental fortitude. Like, oh, we're a little nervous because they beat us the last three times. Or, hey, we're extra confident because we beat you the last three times. I think this is just two teams. And the mentality of it is just, we want to beat the shit out of you. We do not want you to have the title. Come back to the Dakotas. Come back to Canada South. We want it. Um, so I don't think there's going to be any weird psyche games besides two amped up teams, two amped up fan bases, put it all out on the line. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be loud. It's going to be, this is, I mean, that, that marker game is crazy in person um, up in the normal cold Dakotas. This is just going to be absolutely insane. Uh, Kyler, last one here at the big seven, Jason Plotkin wants to know one of our best fans, SoCon officiating crew, how does this impact the game? So I'll be very curious how that actually has some impacts in terms of, I like when uh, ref offici officials let teams play a little bit. I'm definitely more of a fan of that. Don't try to control the game. You know, let, let some receivers and cornerbacks be a little physical with each other. And I think Missouri Valley refs, besides targeting, which they're terrible at, and maybe that's just all crews, they do let players play. So SDSU and DSU players, might be prepping or they might be thinking from the regular season, hey, we can get away with a lot more than we're used to. I'm not sure how SOCON referees officiate specifically, Jason, but let me say this. Bill Belichick is well known for prepping for a week's game by studying the officiating crew and their tendencies and adjusting players on the offensive line, how they block small little ways towards how officiating crews operate now you can't change your whole psyche and you can't change your habits but there are small tweaks you can make that might give you a little bit of an edge so ultimately my opinion on this question is kind of like this is coaching this is coaching this is preparation know the head official know this know the socon officiating crew how do they normally operate and then make sure your players are in the loop of they call a lot of holdings on every single stretch play they're constantly looking for it you better have good technique 
good formation. Um, that's my overall opinion on it. I think it could have, it's going to impact the game equally because both teams are used to Valley refs. It's not like there's some sort of big difference. Um, Kyler, you're more of the factual kind of guy when these questions pop up. I'm more like maybe an emotional human. What do you think well, on this one? I don't think it has any impact. I mean, we hear it from the SoCon fans, you know, Kevin Marshall. He's when they, when it was announced SoCon officiating crew was going to be here. He's like, oh, good, good God. They're they're the worst. We hear it from CA fans. CA officials are the worst. We hear it from Big Sky fans. Big Sky officials are the worst. Every official is is the worst. Not uh, when you win. When they win, they, they call the fair game and it was overall. There were some bad calls, but, you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I just think it's another officiating game. You're going to have some bad to mediocre calls. You're going to have a lot of good calls. It is a fast paced game. You don't get all the camera angles. I don't see how this is going to impact the game at all. The good news is you don't have a high school ref out there. You have a division one conference, you know, officiating crew. They're going to do the best that they can. If there's bad calls, there's bad calls. That's a part of football. Unfortunately, even though I don't like them either, it happens, it happens to the best of us. I don't think it affects this game at all. I hope it doesn't because what we want is the teams to both be healthy. We want the players to play good quality football. We want the nope. refs to be involved as little as possible. I want both teams to look like the worst teams that have ever played. So it's an entertaining game. I can point and laugh and have a good time. You will have a good time no matter what, because I'll be sitting there next to you and it'll be fun. And uh, we'll have our bellies full from some tacos uh, prior to the game, probably. Do have and, we decided uh, where we're gonna eat tacos or what we're what we're gonna do? So I'm not doing Taco Bell. What we did last year was pretty legit. I got a few local joints that my buddy Brian has talked to me about. So okay. we've definitely got some options. We're not doing Taco Bell. We won't go that route. Good. But before we get too deep into tacos, we might as well kick off Thompson's Taco Bells. It's time to put your money where your mouth is, and if you're right, put some tacos in there too. This is Thompson's Taco Bells. All right, Kyler Thompson's Taco Bets here. The question that was asked here was from Ooh. Dustin Helton, and he said, what's the over-under on the length of time this game takes? Both are run heavy. Will they? Will this make a quicker natty than average? A quicker natty than average. Holy crap, I can't even talk. So Mr. Dustin Helton, the Rev, wants to know, we're talking about game time. So I figured I would look at, of course, when's our kickoff? We got one o'clock central for you okay. folks who aren't paying attention. And I set the over under for the game will officially end where it hits zero. The fireworks go off. Somebody's won 427 p.m. Central. So that means total from kickoff to the end of the game. It would be three hours, 27 minutes of the entirety of the game. So, Kyler, what do you think? You think it's going to be over or under that when we hit zero? It definitely will not be that 2016 Eastern NDSU game oh. that took eight years. Oh. Um, Too long. So the game's at one. So you're saying three hours and 27 minutes to the dot. Now, three hours, 27 minutes. Are you minutes. saying the game starts at one o'clock perfectly? So, yeah, it's probably kicking off at 105. I did think about that. I originally had this put at 417, and I was like, okay. I'm going to bump it up 10 minutes because ESPN will be out there. And halftime you know, performances are sometimes a little extra long on accident. Uh, yeah, there's so I think we still have the standard 20 minutes. Yeah, they talk but sometimes about it lingers. Football. Yeah. So, what do you think? I personally, I'll, I'll say, no, mine. I'll go. You're going to go? go? All right, go. I'll go under. Uh, I think. 
The last few games have not seen that long. Um, I think three hours and 27 minutes is actually a fairly long time for this kind of a game. Um, yeah, I think it'll actually be over probably by what you were thinking, 417, 412. So yeah, give me the under. I think the game's going to be so close that right before halftime is going to matter in terms of could we timeouts, get a field timeouts, goal. Timeouts, timeouts. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with the timeout, 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 pushing it just a little bit. And I'm going to go for the over there. We'll have to see what Mr. Jamie Williams picks. You think but... there's going to be first downs in this game? <laughs> well, then you got a lot of you got a lot of punting then. But uh, yeah, if you go three and out, three and out, three and out, that could extend this sucker out too. <laughs> At least you get some South Dakota State drives of seven minutes or something. We might right. be looking okay. So, all right, for Thompson's Taco Bet then, we'll end it there. Uh, we got a little bit of disagreement. We'll see how long that game lasts. And uh, that will roll us right into. Oh wait, oh, oh. uh oh, uh oh. Let me try that again. I'm usually pretty quick on this. Quick being the key word. Well, Thompson Saco bet over or under. We'll have to see how it plays out, Kyler Neal. Hopefully, the game's not too quick, like our quick hit questions of the week. Just because your question is answered quickly doesn't mean we don't care. These are the quick hit questions of the week. That, that was, was impressive. A, that was impressive. Much, I applaud you, sir. Much smoother transition than uh, just stumbling through my words. That's written in bold letters on his whiteboard that you guys can't see. <laughs> just had it right behind the computer. <laughs> he he uh, worked on that all. That's the reason why this podcast has been postponed in a few weeks. Matt has been literally working on that line for at least a week and a half now. Just wanted the, the quick head question transition to be flawless. And I still butchered it a little bit. <laughs> Mitch Fargan gets us going there, Kyler. He's got a few questions here. Um, he wants to know what will what will the attendance be like down there in Toyota Stadium, my man? Yeah, um, this is going to be probably one of the better attended games. I mean, it was it was a fantastic game last year. Um, let's see what there's about 18, 18 and five change. I know the capacity says twenty thousand. It's not true. I do think there's going to be a lot of standing room only. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be about as much as they can fit in, probably closer to 19 over anything. But yeah. they did get rid of a few, you know, thousand seats from when it was a few years back. So probably 18, eight. It'll be a little bit like the Montana State game last year. Montana State did bring in a lot of fans. Yep. I think, I think it'll feel like more uh, James Madison NDSU in 2017, where when I looked up and I was looking at the back of standing room, like there was like two rows of people like amongst standing all along the rails and Eastern Washington and NDSU and Montana state NDSU. And of course we had the COVID year stuff. Um, when I looked up there, I'm like, there are a few spots open, or at least it, it looked like there was a little bit of part in the seas. I'm telling you, man, 2017 JMU NDSU, that place was freaking packed. Yeah. And I think, but that's I think you're going to be also when they had 2000 extra spots spots available that's true that's so i mean true. that that's where it is ever since then i mean the ndsu montana state it was about as sold out as you can get yeah um james madison ndsu in 2019 was literally 50 tickets different from eastern <laughs> james madison like that game um so yeah i mean it's just gonna be 18883 whatever um probably 300 tickets of just standing room only right it may feel like there's more but there's probably not any rabbit fan or bison fan for the chance 
to even if you can get your foot in the door to storm the field against your rival is worth anything if you have to stand for three and a half hours. So you're not going to care at that point. Yeah. Uh, um, great question here. Kendall Bryce wants to know, is the Dakota marker trophy traveling to Frisco? Should though. Um, it should at least go like just bring yeah. it to the stadium. You just, don't have just to... for breaking purposes. Like, Hey, hey suckers, we've got it. ESPN could show it. Like it should at least travel there. Of course, if SDSU were to lose, NDSU doesn't get to take it, but like they should bring it down, yeah. bring it down there. Um, maybe, Hey, you never know. Would coach Stig, some of them be like, let's just have this around us the whole time. Be like, see the suckers oh, ours. Yeah. They, they should bring it to class. They should bring it to. Old Bring Country Buffet, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, Jason Blackett wants to know, this was a pretty cool question. He said, in light of Southwest Airlines issues in recent weeks, which one player or key to the game would you be most nervous about if NDSU or SDSU were to lose that item along the way? So um, what's a key player? Let's not say quarterback. What's a key player that might, uh, we're not cheering for injuries here. We're not hoping for injuries. Nobody wants that. That would be disgusting. Yeah. But if somebody were to go down that's not a quarterback, what would feel pretty harmful to either side of the ball, Kyler? Um, Let's see. I think, again, it's a little bit of a cop-out, but Isaiah Davis for South Dakota State. And then I think NDSU. You got to go with that beast, red-headed monster of a man. <laughs> Cody Malk on the left side. <laughs> who came into the program who looked like a little boy. And then at the end of his career, looks like he ate that little boy. The gap in his tooth has gotten bigger. He's gotten meaner. Um, I feel like he's just a factor. He, he, he's almost like the mascot of the team and the intensity of the team. So that's who I'm going with. Yeah. Cody Malk would be a big yeah. loss, but we don't want any injuries. No, we'll no, no. Everybody to be healthy all the way through. Uh, Mitch Fargan here again wants to know over under Cam Miller passes. Um, Mitch, just to go through this one quick, kind of based off of what I said of the statistics the last two times Cam Miller started against South Dakota State, easily going to throw over 10 passes and is going to have to um, to actually win this game. Now, you didn't specify completions or not. And even if it was completions based off of the last two games, I'd over say over passes. Yeah, over I'd 20 say, passes. Yeah, I think he's going to throw at least 20 to 23 passes in this one. So. Uh, what do you think, Kyler? Are we ever going to get a moment of silence? Uh, will the stadium ever be quiet with all these fans attending? Now, that one was, I hate to keep going back to NDSU James Madison 2017, but the game was so close the whole time. Yeah. As soon as it flipped defensively, the stadium was just loud as crap. Right. You expect the same thing? Yeah, this is going to be a loud game um, just because of, again, the two teams that are there. It's not like SDSU is this massive fan base, but they are playing north dakota state right they are playing their team that they've wanted to beat and they continue to beat these last few years um this is a rivalry game we haven't had a rivalry game in the championship for a very long time mm -hmm. um i don't even know if we have had one boy maybe could you count caa uh was it who did richmond play again villanova i believe did they no no villanova won that year after i think i thought yeah, there was they, a they played matchup. back so it was like they beat, both played montana Yep. Okay. Yep. So, um, so I don't know if that's actually a fun one. We should look that up because I don't know if there's ever been a rivalry game. I'm sure there has been maybe one, right? Uh, maybe in some of those SoCon time periods, but yeah, we, we, we need to look that up, man. Cause I know James Madison and NDSU were like, they're kind of our rival, but it's different. It's not no. a true, this is not South Dakota state or, uh, versus North Dakota state and James Madison and NDSU. So yeah, the stadium will be quiet though. I kind of hope um, that maybe we can give a you know room of silence for Mike Leach. 
again, he was not an FCS mm -hmm. guy, but for such a huge football moment, maybe we can have that. Um, but yeah, there's probably going to be a, a quiet section during the national anthem. And then after that, probably not too much uh, until the game is over. Not at all. And if you're watching on YouTube, um, I spelled quiet as quit or quite. So that's Will good. Will stadium that's... ever be quite with all quite, these fans? Quite with all these fans attending. So see, you miss out if you're not subscribed on YouTube. Shameless plug. Scott, Mr. Scott. Oh, he wore a UND jersey for us last year for charity. I wore my SDSU sweater. Do I have to get down to the first row early to jump over the wall into the field? Scott, you know this for Frisco. Absolutely. Yep. If um, if you want to get on the field as quick as possible, I'm a big fan of getting jumping behind the coach on ESPN to make an appearance. So, yep, you better get down there. So uh, if the game is wrapped up within the last few minutes, if you're a Bunnies fan, Bison fan, make sure you start making your way down the stairwell. Security will say don't jump. They can't. They don't stop you. So just jump on over. Uh, Kyler, what do you think? Over under on total tacos eaten by the admins over the weekend. Tim Rask wants to know. I mean, what's the number? Um, okay. Because <laughs> uh, here's the big thing. In in one, I'm not sitting, a big taco guy. I would say 51 in one sitting. Between this is Chris, Jamie, Kyler, me. This is four people. Under 51 tacos. I think we're under. I'm only gonna have two to three. Oh, okay. I guess it depends on the style of taco. If we get the smile, okay, I'd cut that in half then. All I'm right. Just like, not a big taco guy in general. If it's right. big or small, I'm not a big taco guy. Um, I'll probably have two to three, but even if they're street tacos, probably just two to three the whole weekend. Just keep so it. So if you guys can have the other 50 between just <laughs> three of you, then more power to you. But I will not be contributing that much to my taco eating ability. I think we went to Taco Bell. I could get us to 50, but then I'd pay oh. for it an hour later. So oh. you would uh, not be going to the game. Yeah. No. I'm going to say uh 20. Well, Jamie probably is going to hear this and no matter what, he's going to go, oh, I can do it. So give me 32, <laughs> 32. All right. 32 there, Tim. Uh, Mitch Fargan uh, writes after Cam Miller loses or wins this championship game. Will NDSU replace him as a starting QB next year? Also, he asked some questions about Ents riding Clyman's recruiting coattails. Uh, Miller's the guy, man. Um, if I keep saying the same thing, if Cole Payton, who's very, very pumped up and will contribute throughout the game and has all year in the running game, if he could pass much better as same level of Miller, he probably already has a chance to take him over. So clearly he needs to develop more as a passer. Cam Miller's the guy. And here's the thing. NESU football players love playing for Cam Miller. He is, he might not be the guy that you, that we are seeing for NFL talent. But it is well known in that NDSU locker room that these guys like going to battle for Cam Miller. They love his toughness, his ferociousness, how much he cares about being a team player. He's everything from a leadership standpoint. So, no, he's going to go into his senior year. He's going to play next year. And I hate the whole Ents riding Kleiman's coattails thing. And the reason is, is because I heard that junk for Kleiman every single year after bowl. And then once Kleiman left, all the Bides fans go, well, Ents, you know, He's he's nothing like climbing and bull. Oh, so now we had climbing and bull together. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. The next coach will get hated on by Bison fans, and they'll say, oh, it's nothing like Ents climbing and bull." <laughs> it's like, yeah. come on, the guys won a national championship. Even if even if we lose on Sunday, guys, most coaches get an extension for getting a team to a natty. So, or no. having a winning record, or like some coaches we've seen, you get an extension for going four and seven. That's <laughs> it. Northern Colorado. <laughs> Great coaching hires being made around that department. 
Uh, Kyler, Bruce Edmiston off to the FBS with Jacksonville State. Can he stream the game for, through the internet from Ecuador? Oh my Bruce, goodness. you're going to Ecuador? Going to That's Ecuador? awesome. I thought you were like, I guess a... it's colder because, you know, he's always in like Colorado and stuff. He yeah. travels a lot. You know, yep. he's living the good life. Um, but of course, of course it's, it's winter. So that makes sense, man. Ecuador, you'll have to tell us how that is. I've never been there. Um, he'll be down South America. Yeah. Wow. He's, yeah, he's gonna be way down there. I mean, I just... you, you should be able to stream it if, um, it's on ABC. So, I mean, there's an ABC app. So as long as you already pay for some type of TV subscription, you'll be able to, what you had to look it up on a map. You don't know where it is. Oh, I have. Ter I'm terrible at geography. That Dakota. Look at that. That's that's below North America. Look at that. He's two countries down. Colombia, Peru. Man, yeah. Peru's gonna be way. Where'd down you there. think it was? Let's before I you looked know, it up. Where'd you think it was? I didn't know South America, but I would have guessed like I would have guessed like in the middle of it or something. I didn't know it was on the coastline. But, okay. Yeah. At well, least I mean, least Brazil takes America. up most of the middle. So. Yep. Takes um, most of the middle of Europe, I think. But but yeah, there there should be an app, and as long as you you know pay for a TV subscription, um, or like I don't know if you have Direct TV, Fubo, or whatever it is, um, you should just be able to log in with your current TV subscription and stream it. Or there's other illegal ways where you'll have to keep uh, hitting that block up popper. We are not going to say who the illegal sites are, mm -hmm. but uh, you don't do it around your family or kids um, because you may see something. Or they may see something that they don't want to see if you're illegally streaming it. So there, the advertisements are not edited throughout those websites. But, but yeah, just download like the AB. I'm sure there's an ABC's app. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Mitch Fargan uh, here wants to know what is the best barbecue in Texas? Kyler, this is all you, man. You live there. You're in the heart of it. This is so hard um, because I ever, the good barbecue is the good barbecue. I mean, I don't notice a giant difference if you're all having the good, you know, best barbecue like up in the Dallas area. I like Hard Eight a lot down here. I like the Pit Room. Um, Killian's is really good, and then down in you know Austin and stuff, um, you have what Franklin's and all that. But I would say the best barbecue in all the land is run out of Lexington. This little old lady who runs Snow's Barbecue. Um, so she's also featured on a Netflix show, but the reason why I knew about her even before we moved to Texas, my wife's family is originally from Lexington. And when they were a kid, she was still running this shop. She's like 95 years old, Jeepers. still wakes up every morning. Um, I mean, she's got this giant mop. So it's on this cool, <laughs> like barbecue show. They feature her, but snow's barbecue. There's also a place probably no one's heard of. It's called no teeth barbecue. Because you don't need your teeth. Oh, wow. But yeah, go with Snow's Barbecue in Lexington. That is awesome. Well, I'm sure we're going to be hitting a barbecue place. We always do when we're down there. Yeah. Uh, boy, this question is just phenomenal. From some gentlemen we'll be spending time with down in Frisco, Texas. Um, do your heart and head agree on the eventual champion? Or does your heart favor one team and your head says another? Holy moly. Well, I guess this one really applies to myself as a bison fan um this is gonna give up the answer yeah the, the problem is, is we're, we're doing pickums down in frisco on a live thing uh what i will just say is that i don't know where my heart and head are resting right now and you even know if where I wasn't, your heart's resting oh the heart you don't know where your head's resting that's the thing yep 
I'm feeling, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Feeling I know weird. we're both arresting. Oh, Kyler's been on the jackrabbit train, and I more with more, that. more confidence than anybody this all season. So this won't give away Kyler's prediction. Well, not all season. The first five weeks, I said you they had would a few lose questions. in Bozeman or Missoula. Hmm, that's true. But if they were in Brookings, they would you know go to Frisco. But I said. They're going to travel to one of the Montanas, and I don't have faith they'll win in one of the Montanas. Yep. And Ever uh, since that NDSU game, it's jackrabbit, jackrabbit, jackrabbit. And we'll see how it plays out. Um, our awesome FCS poll gentleen also asked, who is storming the field first, Matt oh. Kyler or Jamie? Um, it if depends NDSU, on who wins. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> if NDSU wins... Matt can't do it early. Nope, nobody beats me down there if NDSU wins. I am prepped and ready. Um, but if NDSU loses, I, I will not be going on the field. It's just a thing of respect too. It's like your team lost. I'm not going to even stroll down there. I'll sit in the stands. I'll watch SDSU take their trophy. Um, I'll be a good sport about it, but, uh, I'm curious, Kyler, you or Jamie, because Chris, Chris, uh, went out on the field with me last year. He oh, jumped we, down and uh, just came a little later. Okay. Gotcha. So you guys will make your way down there probably no matter what, or what yeah, do you think? We, I mean, probably we'll go down no matter what, unless you're the only guy up at Rainbow Road. I will feel a little bit bad, and maybe I'll stick around. Uh, But, yeah, we all made it down there. Uh, We just waited till all the NDSU fans were down there first. So then we weren't, like, imposing on their celebration because, of course, we were wearing different gear. Uh, But, yeah, we eventually made it our our way, and then some people look at me and go, Eastern Washington, you're you're not even here. How the (laughs) hell did you get on the field? And I was just going because Eric Berry won the Walter Payton. I'm here for Eric Berry, eh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially down in the field. Yeah. No, if NDSU loses, I'll let um, I'll sit there with Jordan Finkston and uh, I'll let SDSU and the other folks have their fun. I've been down there before. It's an amazing moment. It, it's uh, it'll be cool no matter what. So, um, all right, Kyler, that does bring us to the end of Quick Hits, and there's no transition into a playoff pick'em because we are rolling right out this episode because we will be doing a live stream episode in Frisco. Myself, Kyler, Chris, Jamie, right down there. We'll record it on Saturday and release it out for the FCS world to get a good college game day feel. Might have some shots as we make our predictions. It's going to be a fun episode to do. Uh, so make sure that you are subscribed to the FCS Fans Nation podcast on Apple, Spotify, especially YouTube for this one. This one's going to YouTube. It's not going to Apple. It's not going to Spotify. So if you're not subscribed on YouTube and you want to watch a actual college game day feel while you prepare to watch the national championship, not from the junk of ESPN and others who don't care about us, from actual FCS fans, make sure you're subscribed. Now when it comes to Frisco, myself, Kyler, Jamie, Chris, we are rolling in, mostly all of us, on Friday afternoon, evening-ish. We'll be out on Monday. Make sure that you give our Twitter of FCS Fans Nation a follow. Or if you're watching on YouTube now, you'll see the at Matt Frazee Twitter tag. You'll see Kyler Neal. I'm about to tweet this out, but make sure you're following our personal Twitters as well, even if, if it's for just this week, so you guys can know where we're at. Because we're going to be tweeting out constantly the food we're eating, the restaurants we're at, the top golf places we might be swinging clubs at, just where we're going to be. So if you want to be involved with us and meet up with us, that is the best part of Frisco. The best part of Frisco is the fact that we see so many of you guys walk up to us, say, I listen to the podcast, I drive a truck across the country, I'm just a school to teacher. Watch you guys. Just they, uh, we, they don't care about the game. Nope, People they're not traveling there for the game. all around the country just to hang out with us. <laughs> it is pretty impressive. 
It is so cool. And as if you guys follow us on our pages, you know, every year I do a recap video of our trip down to Frisco, a three, four minute edited video. And I always put, if you walk up to us and talk to us while you watch the podcast, we take a picture with you and I make sure you and that photo and your name is in the video. So we want to get as many fans as possible throughout it. We're excited to eat a ton of good food, drink a lot of good beer and just meet up with so many people. The Jackrabbit Illustrated guys will be down there. Our podcast guys will be down there. Wax Sun, Will Siller, Siler. Uh, the Rev's going to be down there. You're going to have Brandon Owens from Cocky Nation. You're going to have so much representation of different fan bases. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Kyler, last chance to dance, baby. Are you excited? Ready? I'm ready to see you in person on Friday. Give me that big hug I always do. Nope, I am not excited. This is the least favorite weekend of all all year oh it's hate terrible. it hate seeing your face yeah. you suck at hugging um that's because i'm all skeleton i'm all bone <laughs> well i am not uh every year i get a little bit thicker around the waist just to make sure you know you it warms you up buddy it does so, well no, I'm, I'm super excited it'll be fun to see you guys all um because also last year i didn't even get in until the day after all of you guys yeah. so i'll be there pretty much i think only a few people are coming in thursday so I'll be there the whole time. It'll be fun. Awesome. Looking forward to it, guys. Make sure you give us a follow so we can see you down there. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this will end our second to last episode of the season for uh, non-live streams. As we are excited to tiptoe down to Frisco, we will see all of you in the warm weather of Texas. And we will see you guys in Frisco. Boom. Thank you for listening to the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred listening platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, or even YouTube. And make sure to follow our FCS Fans Nation social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the premier podcast for FCS football. Boom. Can you just use it while it's plugged in, though? Um, nope, no, oh, okay. Here.